Hello, hello, folks. Welcome to Season 8's Trini Corner Series, celebrating four years of On The Call. Ozzy Stewart, thank you for tuning in and very grateful that uh, you're checking out this tour of mine which gives flowers to deserving impactors within the diaspora. And on this episode, I'm shining light on someone who deserves a space and place for his deep dive into our culture and where he's taking it. Dr. Kendall K. Williams, a little intro. Dr. Kendall K. Williams, son of Trinidadians, began playing at the Pan at the age of four and later performed with large, well-known steel bands in Trinidad and Tobago, as well as bands in the New York-based scene for years. And then after studies in architecture, he graduated from Florida Memorial University with a BA in music under the direction of Dr. Dawn Batson, with his main instrument being the steel pan. He continued to further his studies at NYU Steinhardt, where he's pursued a Master of Music degree in Music Theory and Composition. Checking out my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Studying with Julia Wolfe, Michael, Michael Gordon, and Rich Shamaria. There he also actively participated in the NYU Steel Band under the leadership of artist faculty member Joshua Killen. Am I pronouncing that right? Killen. Kendall was awarded the opportunity to work with the Brooklyn Philharmonic on a project that involves steel pan and contemporary music compositions. And in 2014, he was the Van Leer Fellow with the American Composers Orchestra and graduated with his PhD in music composition at Princeton University. Got it right. <laughs> First of all, thank you for sitting with us. Secondly, congratulations on the People's Choice Award placing also at the Panorama Steel Pan competition this past September. Yeah. And in just your second year of competition with Long Live Soka. Yeah, Long Live Soka. Long Live Soka. And for those who don't know what Soka is, I say to you, look it up. S-O-C-A, Soka. So now <laughs> we're going to get into some questions. Yes. You began playing Pan at Four. How did studying architecture come about? Uh, honestly, I think it was just, it was the whole music thing, the idea, the connotation, negative connotation, I would say that oh. music couldn't take you, you know, where you wanted to be and where you wanted to go. And not for my parents, of uh -huh. course, but just in school, you know, um, I think seeing a lot of people around, you meet a lot of professionals who aren't musicians right. and they really sort of, you know, you need something else. You need something else to right. focus on and you do pan and, you know, your leisure time. And I had, I thought about that for a while and, and I would admit it definitely threw me off as far as, um, as far as what I, I felt like I wanted to do deep down. And, right. and I didn't really understand it in the moment, me being young and, you know, just sort of listening to the, Others. you know, professionals. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but as I got older, I started to realize, well, part of the reason why they said that is because they weren't musicians themselves. Mm -hmm. They were, they were professionals in their own right and they only ever played steel pan leisurely. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it as an opportunity to be able to play it professionally and to really just take myself all over the world doing what I love. And so that was how I made the transition from architecture, study, starting off studying architecture in college to finishing, you know, with music and now officially a PhD degree. Yes. Now you're teaching 
Medgar Evers, Brooklyn College, SUNY Westbury, St. Francis College. So you're teaching from elementary to university level? Yes, so I started off, I, actually I started off um, at my, my teaching stint in Brooklyn has started off with Medgar Evers College. Um, I was teaching there formally. Uh, then I did some workshops at uh, St. Francis College, mm -hmm. SUNY Westbury, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And now my homes are Brooklyn College, mm -hmm. New York University, and Princeton University wow. as far as the, um, the higher education is concerned. Mm -hmm. And then K, to, K through 12, my nonprofit organization, Pan in Motion, mm -hmm. we um, offer steel pan programs that go into various schools. Um, so from, you know, yeah, K to 12. And when you're teaching, are those workshops and, and classes and curriculums in pan? Uh, yes. Or is it music, regular music composition and all? No, it, it's, it's mostly pan. Concentrated pan. Yeah, okay. it's mostly steel pan. Wow. Um, Brooklyn College is a little bit different. We talk about Parnival there and, and mm -hmm. that program. Uh, and at NYU, sometimes we do a little bit of composition, right. um, but most of the grade schools, the K through 12 stuff, is all steel pan. Wow. Yeah, so they learn the history and they learn how to play. Wow. So you had a fellowship for a year with the American Composers Orchestra. What, in what ways did that impact you, your journey towards PIM? Yeah, uh, um, emotion. Yeah, I honestly, I, I learned quite a bit about business uh -huh. <laughs> um, and just understanding how um, how businesses run or how they should run, things you need to consider when you're, you know, seeking funding, uh -huh. um, how to, you know, put together events and shows and things like that. And uh -huh. so part of the fellowship, aside from just learning the inner workings of the of the of their organization, mm -hmm. American Composers Orchestra, uh, was having to put on my own show mm -hmm. um, that would feature myself and my music. Mm -hmm. uh, and that one show actually was called Pan in Motion. I had called it Pan in Motion. Mm -hmm. um, not sure how I came up with the name, but mm -hmm. uh, Pan in Motion, and that's how th has, that's how Pan in Motion got started. But it's a beautiful name because there's uh, there's a. Uh you know, you hear it, and you also can visualize the movement of the entire band yeah. as they're playing. So what is your mission and dream vision of and for Pan in Motion? Uh, well, so far, we have stuck with our mission of education as far as the steel pan is concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, what I realized in performing many of the different places that I performed, uh, and just working with students now is that the there's still so many people that just have no clue about the instrument. Right. They still don't know where it comes from. They you know how it's built, the history of it, right. and I believe all of that is so rich and so breathtaking, and it really um, connects you with the instrument when you learn about it. And I from you know just studying music and studying other instruments. A lot of other instruments don't have as much of a rich history as the steel pan does. You know, um, it's not the, the the struggle and the fight to to have this instrument. You know, the fact that that skin drumming was banned and then tambu bamboo was outlawed. You know, and people were going to jail for playing these instruments, mm -hmm. and you know they were hiding and, and taking the instruments away. And and so it was it that constant. I think struggle um, one is what is is what really captivated me as far as appreciating the instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I, I speak to the students about it, they really engage in the, in the rich history as well. So education has been a really huge and important part of Pan Emotion's mission. Mm -hmm. And really some long-term goals, and I think the largest long-term goal for Pan Emotion is really 
I, I want to see Pan Emotion as like Fortune 500, you know, type of company. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We should be able to offer any and everything to our employees from mm -hmm. 401k plans to mm -hmm. benefits to mm -hmm. any, anything that you can name. You know what I mean? Um, because there's just so many people out there that spend and dedicate so much time to the instrument. And this is, this is all they know. And why not have a haven for that? Why not have a space where, you know, they can feel like, yes, I can graduate studying steel pan, the thing that I've learned so much about and the thing that I've done all my life, right. but still be taken care of for the rest of my right. life doing the instrument, you know? Right. And that was important to me growing up uh, and understanding how to build a career for myself. I always say that I've built my own sort of career um, and I've just kind of put took bits and pieces of things and sort of infused it into what I wanted for myself and I made that happen. And so Pan Emotion is a part of that, a part of making that happen, not just for myself, but really mm -hmm. for the greater Steel mm -hmm. Pan community. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. As a Fortune, five, Fortune 500 company, how do you see that structured? Uh, whew, um, there's a lot, there's quite a lot to have. <laughs> give, me, a lot. give me a kind of a short form. Um, I mean, we've, Pan Emotion, we've been huge on the, the, um, the opportunities that we can provide. So providing teaching opportunities, mm -hmm. um, providing opportunities to really do anything that you love, but within the steel pan realm. So mm -hmm. we have people that are great at graphic designs and, you know, we bring them in to do, you know, to, to work on things as, as part of the steel pan. And when I say this, these are all people that are already part of the steel pan right. community, but do other things. Right. We have um, a phenomenal baker, you know, that is a part of the steel band. We have, we have people that work in banking. We have right. people that work in schools, you right. know, as well. Um, and, and that's aside from teaching PAN. They're not, te they're not just teaching PAN in schools, right. but they're teaching, you know, basic general, you know, course curriculum, so right. on and so forth. So having all of those people be a part of the organization who love PAN and right. who are advocates for the education of, of PAN is a great, yeah, deal. <laughs> One of the things you had, we had spoken about once was um, a building. Yes. Where you see this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A building okay. is a must for Pan Emotion, and I think uh -huh. really for any large steel pan organization mm -hmm. that is looking to do something. We need uh, a building, and this is a goal, a personal goal of Pan Emotion, but absolutely for the, for the greater steel pan community. Right. We need a building where we can have conference rooms to have you know, important meetings and so on and so forth to have studio spaces for recording, to have rehearsal spaces for people to come and practice maybe before they record with mm -hmm. instruments already lined up. You don't come with the instruments, instruments are already there for you, or at least backline, as we call it, um, instruments are available. Mm -hmm. um, performance halls, all in this one building. Mm -hmm. uh, going to NYU, going to a school like NYU and Princeton, just the same. We have all of that in our buildings, you know, in our school buildings. We go mm -hmm. to the, the Steinhardt building and our largest auditorium is on the main floor. And then mm -hmm. all the other floors, you have classrooms, you have this, mm -hmm. you have that, you have offices. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, why can't this happen right. for why, this absolutely. instrument when it's happening for others? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I don't A museum, I don't see maybe? Absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. I want living installations at the works. Concert halls, mm -hmm. a place for other bands to come to do, to do whatever they whatever. want. Mm -hmm. Whatever they can think of, I want that in that building. Hmm. You offer scholarships as well, right? Yes, we do. Tell yeah. me about that. 
so what was it? In during the pandemic, we actually started our first annual holiday special, mm -hmm. uh, and I have always been give on big on personally giving back. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one thing that my parents and really other close relatives have instilled in me is that if I am in a position of giving, then I should. I should be able to, to help. And when I say giving, as far as helping, it you yeah. know, might mean advice, you know, yeah. educationally, um, anything of the sort. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that as an organization, one of the things that, one of the challenges, because I, I think I, I sort of mirror a lot of the challenges that I found for myself mm -hmm. that maybe I didn't always get help with for, you know, whatever mm -hmm. reason, I try to make sure that we can cover those mm -hmm. ends within Pan in Motion. Mm -hmm. like, I remember when I didn't have this opportunity to play mm -hmm. here or I was looking for teaching opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I try to provide all those things. Mm -hmm. And one of them was scholarship. Mm -hmm. I, I realized that when I first went to Florida Memorial University, uh, they, they did have a steel pan scholarship, right. uh, but the scholarship was very small in comparison to the to what tuition had cost. Right. And so I had always and, you know, very grateful, absolutely, you know, for, for the opportunity. Right. And but I always thought, well, what if I could have gotten a full ride scholarship, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, in, in steel pan? And, and what if that, you know, would be a, a goal of mine? And mm -hmm. of course, I've since gotten out of school and haven't gotten a full ride scholarship as far as steel pan is concerned. Mm -hmm. In other ways, yeah, but, um, but, mm -hmm. but not quite fully for steel pan. And right. so um, that is one of the things that I wanted to grow. And so, you know, when we spoke about it and I brought it to the table. Um, everyone was excited about it. They were like, yeah, sure, you know, how can we do this? And so, of course, it was um, it it was a little bit different because it was during the pandemic and you know the social distancing. It was this was yeah. you know the high, this was 2020, right? We're right. talking about so we right. everything was so fresh. Uh, so we had a a, um, a holiday special. It was it was in a house. We were all masked up. Um, you know we we separated. It was it was crazy, but it was fun and it was it was unique. Right. Um, it was very. It was very homey and that, you know, what I wanted, it, it felt like a very comfortable environment. Yeah. And during the process of the show, as we, um, as we broadcasted it, we had reached out and we, you know, we're just soliciting donations and saying, listen, we want to be able to um, raise money to give away a scholarship. And after our first year, we was able to give away a $1,000 scholarship. Nice. Um, our second year, we gave away another $1,000 scholarship. Right. And then our third year, which was last year, we raised enough money to give away three $1,000 scholarships. Lovely. So Lovely. we're coming up on our fourth, fourth year. year. Um, the date will soon be released, but yeah. we are coming up on our fourth year and yeah. our fourth holiday special. So um, I look wow. forward to that and seeing imagine what we can for do. <laughs> every year you move up fourth year, $4,000, fifth year, $5,000. You never know, right? That right, yep, yep. That's absolutely the plan. So. I wanted to find out with all these things that you're you're doing with your organization, um, how are you, how where is funding coming? How are you being funded? Uh, whew, um, I mean, funding comes from a number of different places. Yeah. I think one of our main uh, sources right now are the educational programs, yeah. um, being able to put the steel pan in schools, and so we get a lot of back a lot back from that as far right. as funding is concerned. Um, and then I I mean from performances to um, to, to donors, you know, um, we're still working on grants and things like that. Right. So I, I think it's still a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is definitely a challenge. So in this, you know, eight, nine year period, we're now starting to see, um, a bit of regular income and, and, you know, having, having the funds available to do certain things right. and, you know, I think the more that we grow as an organization um, is also the more that we learn and the more that, you know, we can put things in place. So 
it's not, it's not always a bed of roses, <laughs> but it is definitely a lot easier now than it was, you know, first starting out. You played in the Macy's Day Parade. How did that happen and what was the experience like? Because it was cold too. I right. mean, usually <laughs> when we're playing carnival and stuff, it's in the warmth, right? Yes. But here you're dead cold playing in joy. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a working partnership with Weagka. And right, based right here in Brooklyn, which is great, uh, they're responsible for the carnival, the panorama, so many different um, just cultural events that happen in and around Brooklyn. Um, and it was actually through them that they were approached about putting together some packages and some things that would um, just overall portray carnival futurism. We've been a, a steel pan sort of coordinator for things that they've wanted to get done. Right. And that was sort of in the, I don't even want to say the height of it, maybe actually in the beginning of, mm -hmm. of things really happening right. with them. And so that's how we were pulled on board to, to put together that. Because you're also involved in their educational programs that they're setting up, is, is that right? Or? Yes, so they have yeah. some in-house programs mm -hmm. and they also have some external programs that, um, that, they, that they work with and that they've done in, in dance, they do it in dance, they do it in costume making. Um, I believe they have some in-house programs for Moko Jumbies, mm -hmm. um, right, the still walking, and then of course Steel Pan. Uh, so at the current moment, we've been doing their Steel Pan, we've been um, taking care of them as far as right. that is concerned. So going back to Macy's, mm -hmm. what was the experience like? The experience, whew, um, after seeing it on TV for, <laughs> for as long as I can remember, every single year since I was born, uh, it was definitely an overwhelming experience. Um, it's always fun to be behind the scenes and sort of see the way things work, yeah. uh, the way that you know, they handle you and because that is, that is more what I pay attention, right. attention to. And sometimes I think personally, I lose a bit of the experience just because I'm using it. Yeah. Cause I'm in work mode. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. um, and as the, as a leader of pan emotion, I think that's where I'm supposed to be, right. you know? So the experience for me is more about, are my players having fun? Are right. they enjoying this experience? Right. And for me, it's like, oh, okay, this is how that works. And yeah. You know, and now I'm ready for the next thing. And then after that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you're also doing specials, right? Christmas specials? Yes, yes, yes. What's yeah, so, so that, that is where we do the, the scholarship. So Yeah, so that's actually where we raise the money right. for the scholarship. Got in order it. For the scholarship to happen. Got right? it. So that would be happening uh, just in December. We, I think we've penciled in a date. We figured out a date by now. Okay. But, um, yeah. All right. So Dr. K... <laughs> What sparks your joy personally and for Pan in Motion? Um, personally, I'm always motivated by progression. I love to progress. I love to move forward. I love to see things build, see things grow. As far as playing Steel Pan is concerned, my musical approach is very much the same. So the way that I play, the way that I... I write music, I love to see the music progress over time, you know, those, so I, I kind of keep a lot of the same things intertwined um, with each other. And then also on a personal level, really just playing the steel pan, is, that's the joy for me. Um, when I was in high school, middle school, late middle school, high school, and early college, I remember when like I wasn't working, you know, for periods of time, I would just wake up every day and play the steel pan for hours. And that was always a joy for me. And that also let me know that 
doing this for the rest of my life would be a piece of cake um, because it didn't matter whether or not I was making the money at the time. It was just more about the instrument, the joy, the, the love Passion that came for it. Yeah. Yes. So that is on a personal level. And then, of course, family is um, always a joy for me. And just having my family involved, whether it's in steel pan, whether, you know, just relaxing, but family is always a joy for me. Uh, and then, of course, on the end of Pan Emotion, same thing. Having my family being involved um, is always great. And when I say involved, um, my family is very supportive. So, you know, they're always around anytime Pan Emotion has events. You're always seeing my cousin here, my cousin there, my girlfriend, my kids. You know, you, yes. see, you see everyone around, you know, um, my parents as well. You know, they come up um, to support, especially during the panorama season. So all of that is very important to see the people that I love around me. For, so know. I guess that brings balance to your life. Yes, absolutely, absolutely so. And for Pan Emotion overall, yeah, just progression. I like to see Pan Emotion grow and feel like we've just... We, we, yeah, we went from one place to a better place, you know, every month, every year, you know, so. How do you, I know you're, you have a two-year-old, I think, and a 10-year-old, I'm not uh, sure. Five. Five-year-old five and a 10. Yes. How do they perceive the PhD? Do they understand it? Or how do you look at the PhD as it, as it, as it concerns them? <laughs> um, well, they were, so they were there when I got the PhD. Okay. Um, I actually, I carried them across the stage with me nice. as I was um, hooded, as they say, they put the hood over you and so yeah. on and so forth. Uh, my 10 year old, she wore the cap. Um, yeah. uh, and my five year old, she just wanted to hold my hand. Right. <laughs> um, she does not quite understand it right. um, in a lot of ways. When I first told her I was, I got it, um, I remember, I, maybe it was my fault, I took them to the park. Um, <laughs> she loves the park, my yeah. five-year-old, and she always wants to go to the park. And I took them to the park, and then I had let them know at the park that I had got it, and my five-year-old was like, okay, I want to go and play. Right. <laughs> and so she ran and she played with some friends that she right. had ju just made at the park. We were right. even there like five minutes. <laughs> right. And my 10-year-old was, you know, she kind of took it in a little bit more. Um, but with her, you know, just being 10 years old, she's now starting fifth grade. Um, so, you know, we have a different relationship as far as the, the communication process and the explanation of it and what it means and so on and so forth. What does forth. it mean to you to have it for them? Um, they were, well, first my 10 year old, uh, because she, she was already born when that process had started. So right. I started it just after maybe about a year or so after she was born. Right. Um, and so she was the driving force. She was one of the driving forces behind me completing it. And when I say completing it, uh, because there, there were definitely some ups and downs within the degree, you sure. know, um, and it was, it, was, it was taxing mentally and physically. Uh, but I, and I, you know, in some ways, I feel like it, it's weird how I've always thought about school. I've, I've always felt like once I started it, I was going to complete it. Like that wasn't an option. Not completing whatever I started as far as education was just never really an option for me. Right. Um, and so at least, you know, mentally, that's where I put myself. And so for my 10-year-old Madison, it was being able to show her that like anything is possible. Whatever it is you want is possible. And I feel like I, I wanted to make sure that I was as much of a role model as I could be for her as possible right. um, with how I built my career, just knowing that I, was, that I created something in such a niche market 
Um, and, and then, of course, the educational side of things, which is if you want to you know, um, pursue anything that is along the lines of a PhD, you can. Right. And nobody can tell you otherwise. You know? um, so that was a, a, a huge part of it for her. And then you know, my five-year-old Morgan, she came along, and it just really became the same thing, pushing the education. Sometimes I, I take them to work with me. You know, like if they have an off day or something and I'm, I'm going to Princeton, I'll take them to Princeton and then they'll hear the students maybe say Dr. Williams, you know, or whatever. And I'm, and they don't, they may not realize it fully now because they're like, oh, they're just greeting daddy. But, right. you know, later right. on they'll be like, well, wait a minute, right. you know, yeah, this guy does have a PhD. <laughs> like, right. you know, this is, right. you know, something. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for them just to be able to understand that, again, it's possible. It's possible. You said once something once, which was, you know, you can wear what you wear, mm -hmm. but it's the education yeah. that um, stands out, and you didn't do the PhD for others, right? But having the PhD is also a level of respect as well that you garner. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, this is now that we're in the fall semester. Mm -hmm. This is the first, you know, like time that I'm. I've just I haven't been in school, mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, observing and just taking in what this this all feels like because mm -hmm. it's still it's still very surreal and sometimes I myself forget, you know, and until I see something like online, I have to fill out something. I think just yesterday I was filling out something and um, it asked for, you know, if there were any letters behind the name, if it was a junior, this and that, or whatever, and one of the options was PhD, and I was like, oh, that's me, <laughs> okay, yeah. you know, um, and I mean, I don't have to put it, you know, and I don't, um, I don't, I'm not looking for, you know, the, the like public recognition yeah. or anything like that, yeah. but like, uh, like I, I taught my class on Monday, and you know we were speaking about the carnival, we were speaking about education, we were speaking about all these things, and you know Monday was pretty nice weather. I think I still had on a hoodie just because I'm comfortable in a hoodie, right. you know. And and for me that's what it, it was just like. I can look the way that I want to look. I can wear my hoodies. I can say pan emotion. I could have my you know my locks and and not be judged. Not you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like I like. None of this, none of these things take away from the fact that I now have a PhD. Right. And if I choose, my students need to call me Dr. Williams because <laughs> because that's what, that's now what it says. Um, you know, so that that's that's a that's a, a great feeling just for myself on a personal level to be able to 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 just sort of walk in a, a different level of confidence now right. as far as you know who I am and right. how I look and how I carry myself. That said, how do you wish to be remembered in the end? Um, That is a good one. I think for a number of things, and I'm hoping that I've already I've already done so. One, I would say innovation as far as like arrangements, music, composition, those things are, are concerned. Um, as far as the pan and motion organization is concerned, I would say quality and experience. Um, the, and when I say quality, I'm speaking about the overall image of the organization, the way mm. that we carry ourselves as an organization, the way we look, the way our pans look, the way we dress, the, you know, um, the fact that we take our pans out of cases, you know what I mean? Um, and, and just a, a, a particular standard, right? Mm -hmm. A level of, of excellence within... Presentation and branding. Yes, as far as the organization mm -hmm. is concerned. Um, but experience as far as 
when you're when you come to a pan emotion event what does it look like does mm -hmm. it feel like you know how do you feel when you leave you mm -hmm. know what i mean that experience um and i learned a lot i learned a lot more of that this past panorama season as mm -hmm. we went um for the first time mm -hmm. uh so you know those two things and also really just helping people and by helping people on a personal level that is also again on an organizational level as far as providing opportunities mm -hmm. um and again just giving people opportunities that maybe I may not have had when, you know, mm -hmm. I was I was coming up. So mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. say I would say those those couple of things off the top of my head I would love to be remembered for. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. K, for giving me this time to shine light on what you're doing on behalf of our country, Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad, are you listening? I'm truly grateful for what you're giving to the Pan community and the world at large. I'm very proud to be here with you. Thank you for the consideration to be here again. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing your building sooner than you think yeah. with the right support. <laughs> Thank you. It's in my mind. It's here, but I want to see it. I look forward to walking through those doors. Thanks to Kevin and the OTC team, to you, my audience, for spending your valuable time with us today. Please care to share. Remember, when you're on your beat, Stay on the sunny, sunny side of the street safely. Be health conscious and kind to one another. And don't forget to give thanks for the little and big gifts as we strive to live that beautiful life. Till the next. <laughs>